0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Final Whistle. I hope you guys have had a happy holidays. This is uh, We're going to be doing one episode this week because Friday is Christmas, and that's when I usually dro- uh, drop my podcast on Friday. Uh, I've got two guests with me this week from Tied Up Entertainment, from Ride the Couch, Justin and Andrew Pietro. Gentlemen, thanks for coming on taking the time out of your day.
1: Thank you, Blaine. Thank you for having us. I'm, I'm hyped for this. Pleasure course, to be here I'm- on the Final Whistle. I'm really excited.
0: Yeah, we got a great slate. And the real thing is, welcome to opening day of the NBA. (laughs) Who knew that we would just be right back around the corner playing, seeing some NBA basketball again. We got uh, two games on slate tonight. We got Brooklyn versus Golden State. Kevin Durant's return going against his former club in Golden State. As you mentioned, Golden State Warriors are a new look team. Kelly Oubre is now on the squad to help out with Andrew Wiggins and Steph Curry. No Klay Thompson due to his injury. Gentlemen, what what do we see in this first matchup that's going to be taking place today? And how great is it just to have basketball
2: back? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely two new look teams from last year. I mean, the Warriors adding Kelly Oubre... Uh, they're going to have a full season out of Wiggins, uh, drafted James Wiseman. I'm really excited to see what they look like. And uh, Brooklyn's looking scary. With Kyrie finally seeing another guy who can who he can trust And Kevin Durant, not to mention they're so deep. They got Spencer Dinwiddie. They got Joe Harris. They got Landry Shamet in the offseason. They got Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan, Karis Lavert. Like the list goes on and on. So, I mean. I think this is going to be a really exciting matchup. Uh, Definitely going to set the tone for the NBA season uh, and see what
1: these two teams are all about. Yeah, I'm really excited for this. KD plays the Warriors, goes against Steph Curry. Everyone's going to be excited to see that matchup. I can't wait. Shortest NBA offseason ever. And um, I'm sure you're just as excited as me. I love this new look Warriors team. I think a starting lineup, if they throw out, Steph, Oubre, Wiggins, Draymond, and Wiseman. I think that's an elite defensive lineup that can score too, but I think the Nets might overwhelm them tonight in game one. Like They're a really good team. They're really talented, and I think they're out to show people that they're not going to start off slow, and they want to go out. KD's going to beat his former team handily in in game one. Absolutely, and KD's already came out and
0: said that uh, this is just another game it's not another game come on you got injured in the finals there was the whole issue between whether or not he was healthy or not coming back in those in those NBA Finals and he ended up tearing his Achilles. Come on now there's a there's a little bit of spite there that's going to be taken out tonight I think. Watch out for a monster game from Kevin Durant and then our second game tonight Clippers Lakers. The matchup everybody wanted in the Western Conference Finals. That didn't take place because the Clippers couldn't handle business. We're going to see. It's a new, again, the Clippers have gone through a change. No Doc Rivers no more. You have Ty Lu now as the head coach. It's going to be really different. Montrezl Harrell flipped. He's now a Laker. So it's going to be interesting. Serge Ibaka's come into the Clippers. We'll see. What do you guys want to see from that matchup?
2: Yeah, this is one of those interesting scenarios where I think both teams upgraded in a way. Um, I mean, the Lakers, they lost JaVale and Dwight Howard, but in return you get Harrell and Marcus Saul. I mean, I'll take that any day.
1: And Schroeder, and
2: Schroeder, yeah, I can't forget about him in the backcourt. Um, the Clippers flip over to the Clippers. Um, at the same time, I think Serge Baca is somewhat of an upgrade over Harrell. Um, he's definitely taller, he's a better rim protector, he's a better defender, and he's he's a way better shooter. We saw in the playoffs last year, Serge Bach is a little low key, a sniper. So, um, I think he'll definitely be able to help space the floor in that Clippers offense. Um, I also love the Luke Kennard signing. I think he's going to be able to fit in really well there and shoot the ball. Well, so uh, there's going to be a really interesting, interesting matchup. Um, I, I got to take the Clippers in this one just because I feel like they're definitely salty. about what happened last year, I think Paul George is going to have a bounce back here. Uh, he's upset about what people have been saying about him. And I think he's going to be able to prove people wrong. I mean, he was an MVP finalist not a few years ago. So I'm liking the Clippers uh,
1: in this one. I'm liking them this season, too. I think they're going to have a really big year. This is going to be a great matchup. I'm excited to see former Raptors, big men, Ibaka, Gasol going at each other. Those were absolutely huge signings for both teams. The Lakers got scarily better than they were last year. But the Clippers were the only team last year that I thought could beat the Lakers. But they just couldn't guard Jokic. And Jokic took them down. But I, I still think they're equipped to beat this Lakers team. Kawhi Leonard, I'm afraid to see what he looks like when he's motivated because I don't know what he was playing for last year, coming off a championship, just got the contract in L.A. This year, like, there's a fire under him. Like, he had best player in the world titles, like, being thrown out last year, and that all went down the drain in the playoffs, and I can't imagine he's too happy about it, and he might come out here and show LeBron who, who the best player in L.A. is.
0: Well, you got to remember, he had those commercials saying the king is the king is about to take this crown across the street or yep. whatever, whatever it was, something like that. But still, yeah. he had, and then he he failed. They blew a three one lead to the Denver That's Nuggets, bad. and really, bad. Lake, you could see Le, you could easily see LeBron in the bubble sipping his whiskey or something like that, just laughing at him, just being like, yeah. "This is ridiculous. This comparison is going on." It's gonna be unique to see because you definitely can tell that the Lakers have upgraded all around this squad that just won the championship. So it's gonna, the Lakers have made themselves clear front runners in the Western Conference. Well, let's take another turn here because we know the Houston Rockets, they're they're an absolute. Wait, I'm circle. sorry, Blake. Can I can I add
2: one thing? Can I add yeah, one thing? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I just want to say I think Doc Rivers has to be one of the most overrated coaches of all time really I, I, you're a boston guy a, you got yourself yes, in yes right now Yeah, i'm with that, that. With all that talent in boston he won one championship he goes to la with lob city and they can't make it out of the second round he goes through a rebuild then builds a super team and then he blows a 3-1 lead with that i like what more what more talent can you give this guy
0: well, I mean, you got to remember, though, in that game seven, fourth quarter, they couldn't even hit the brick side of a barn if they were trying yeah, to. Yeah, but they the shouldn't have been ball. there. I don't think Paul they should George, have even been Paul George school. was hitting the other side of the backboard. That's how bad a couple of those shots were. Come on. I'm, I mean, I'm excited yes, to yes, see, yes, see coaching that. Is everything, but sometimes the players got to take over a game. And Paul George and Kawhi, especially in that game seven, decided not to show up. And you're going a full double. season without
2: Doc. I just want to see a full season of Doc.
0: Well, what do you, what do you, all right? So, what do you expect from the Sixers then? Do you expect anything out of them with Doc
2: there? I think they're they're a better suited team for Doc Rivers because he's more of a defensive. He 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 focuses more on defense, and with a big physical team like that, I think it plays more into his hands than a team like the Clippers does. But at the same time, I don't consider the Sixers uh, as
1: front runners in the East. I don't see them getting out of the East.
0: Justin yeah, um,
1: I, I think I, – I do think the Sixers are a better fit for him because they're an old-school team. Like, they <clears throat> grind in the paint. They beat you down defensively, beat you with points in the paint. But um, I still don't think without adding a significant piece can they get past Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Boston. Like, I think the talent gap e- – even Miami, too. The talent gap is just too big without adding a guy like potentially James Harden.
0: That's true. Do you, Well, speaking of James Harden, he's had his fair share of uh, interesting, uh, in the past couple of weeks to say the least, came into camp way out of shape. He was fat. Way out of shape partying. This is the greatest line. Kendrick Perkins was on. I was listening to the other day. He was like, you can't be coming in looking like me into a training camp as a guard. <laughs> <laughs> I was... It was probably the, one of the greatest lines I've heard, but still, he's coming out. They had, he had yesterday huge altercation with one of the rookies that is that came into camp that apparently, and then he's had his press conferences, everything that's related to the Rockets. Next question: He doesn't want anything to do with it. He's been demanding a trade for several weeks now. Is hard? Is Harden going to get out? I don't think he has the leverage personally, and if if the Rockets, John Wall's now there, Boogie Cousins. I think they have a little bit of potential. I mean. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Christian Wood,
2: yeah. Like, they have a team now that Harden can join and be a contender. I mean, it's not like the Rockets are a bad fit for him right now. I didn't like how they were trying all that small ball, but they quickly got rid of that. And now they have built a lineup where James Harden will be able to succeed. The team will be able to succeed. I don't know why he wants out, but at the same time, the Rockets could get a lot of return for him. And if they want to rebuild and start fresh, now is the time to do it. And I could see a team like Milwaukee making a play on him. Uh, definitely, <clears throat> definitely, I could see Philly here in a lot of Brooklyn. Um, but honestly, like, I would not be surprised to see a dark horse team like Miami come in there and make a play on Harden. But um, I like yeah, I, I, I like that. I, I don't see him being on the Rockets by the trade deadline. Uh, okay. I, he could, I do see him being on the team for a little bit uh, during the start of the season, but I just don't see any situation where
1: uh, James Harden is on the Rockets by the trade deadline. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with Harden because I don't know what leverage he has because he wrong. has, I think, three years left on his contract. It's not like he's expiring and he can just walk at the end of the season – I don't think a trade is going to happen unless it includes Kyrie Irving or Ben Simmons. And both of those teams have said both of them are off the table in a Harden trade. And I just, I don't think any team is going to come to Houston with the amount that they think they deserve for Harden, which should probably be a couple first round picks, a superstar, and some young talent as well. And I, I don't know what team can fill that price tag and then still try to contend when Harden's on the team. I I don't, is there just going to be an unhappy Harden putting up 40 point triple doubles next to John Wall all season? I don't know.
0: Yeah. And, uh, there was a quote last week from a member of the Houston team. He, uh, Houston staff you you decided to be named anonymous but they're like they're content with him going out and partying and then coming back having like a 45 point triple double Yeah, like, yeah, yeah i heard it. that he's i heard content. that too he's breaking all the covid protocols and he's still going to be able to go out and play it makes absolutely no sense to me but still i i don't think no one from the western conference is going to get him i think the eastern he wants to go to the eastern conference cuz he's got a better chance to make the finals he
2: knows he's that he's been either. talented now
0: yeah exactly and you got to think Steve Nash is not going to put up with that in Brooklyn. No way. I know him and KD have that relationship from OKC, but he just did tried that with Russ and it didn't work. So,
1: yeah, I think him and Kyrie would rip each other's heads off. too.
0: <laughs> well, even if. All right, let's just let's just do hypothetical here. If he goes to Brooklyn and Kyrie and KD are both on that team, it's going to be dribble, 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 10 seconds, pass, dribble, 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 10 seconds. Yeah, I don't I don't shot. think that
1: works. That would be
2: one of the most the biggest ugly disasters of offense teams to I think it would be a dangerous team if they traded Kyrie for Harden and you put Harden in that offense, a point guard. I don't
0: know. You're going to have to give up Levert, Joe Harris, Allen. You're going yeah, to give be up too everybody.
2: Much. I'm yeah, too much.
0: And then Philadelphia, they got to give up in or Simmons. or the,
2: Yeah, one of, there's yeah, no like, way they would have – like there's no way they would take Tobias to Harris. <laughs>
0: Nobody wants to buy his Harris. He was yeah. the biggest, worst signing that I've ever seen come out of Philadelphia right now. How do you He's give like that the guy a highest that. paid player this year? Something ridiculous like that. He
2: was the highest paid player in the East last year, tied for the highest paid player in the East.
0: Makes happen. In
2: my opinion, the worst contract in NBA history. Yeah. That's very true. I agree with you
0: guys, though. I think Houston's going to have to keep him and they're going to have to sell him for less than they want because yeah. that's yeah. how it's going to work. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. So let's transition to another team, the Bucks. Giannis, he signed the Supermax. It reminds me a lot of Damian Lillard in Portland. He will, He's perfectly content staying in the small market and being the guy there. He's not trying to chase – he's trying to chase championships, but he wants to do it for a city that doesn't have that, that aura around them or that high-end repertoire like a Miami – uh, L.A., a uh, Philadelphia, a uh, New York, etc. So what do you guys think about the Bucks? I feel like low-key, the Bogdan Bogdanovich slip-up when they tried to get the sign-and-trade for the King. Well, oh, that Aren't was gonna, bad, dude. Yeah, I think it's going to hurt them more than people realize because now he's going to
1: – I oh think it is. He was
2: going to be a piece. They're just not I. They're, – they're definitely very talented. I think Drew Holiday is a big upgrade at point guard. He's one of the better defensive point guards in the NBA – he's uh he's an all-star I mean he's a good piece to have I think they're gonna have a very good regular season um like they always do they're gonna push to the regu- uh for the one seed I can see this team looking a lot like the uh, 2014 Pacers the, the team okay. with uh Roy Hibbert Paul George David West Tina went all out for that one seed and then kind of tanked in the playoffs because here's why like I just don't think they're deep enough for a playoff run if they want to go that hard in the regular season. I mean yes, they did add Bobby Portis, DJ Augustine, but like how much is that really going to do? Um Dante DiVincenzo is going to be better, but like he's not he's not a difference maker. Um I mean I do see them being a very good team, but with teams in the East like uh Brooklyn, Miami, Boston, Philly, it's going to be really hard for them to uh make it out. So that Bogdanovich slip up, man. That was that was bad. Like they they could have really used him. Had they picked him up, I could I would be saying uh, different things about the Bucs because I think he fits in really well with what they do. Um, but yeah, I could totally see them being a really good regular season team that might fizzle out in the playoffs with the rest of the talent that we have in the East this year.
1: Yeah, I think um, I Bucs definitely got better than they were last year. Um, Drew Holiday, great great upgrade from Eric Bledsoe, like you said, Andrew. Um, and I think Giannis is comfortable now. There's no distractions. No one's worrying about him leaving. He's locked up. Middleton's locked up. They're on the same timeline. So I think they're going to have a phenomenal regular season and they're going to do what they did last year. They're going to run through it. They're going to get the one seed, but they still didn't address their biggest flaw in my opinion. And that's closing out a game because unless Giannis shows me, otherwise I don't trust him to, go no isolation and hit a jump shot at the end of the game to close it out. And I don't trust Middleton either because I don't think he's that good of an all-star. I think he's great. I think he's an all-star. He's not a two piece benefits from sitting wide open in the corner from Giannis. And I think in the playoffs against teams that have closers, like KD, Tatum, Jimmy Butler, there's just too many out there for in a seven game series. You can prepare for a team that's just drive and kick every single time, and the Bucks are going to come up short again.
0: Well, I think it was great for Giannis to sign him in Milwaukee, but he didn't address his one issue that he's got, which is his jump shooting. He who <laughs> yeah. cares? Who cares about signing the super max when you can't can't shoot a 17 footer consistently? Or... <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. We all know that Giannis is a one trick pony, and then. As soon as the playoffs get down and they start to guard the paint, he can't. He doesn't have the consistency outside. Chris Milton, in my opinion, is a number three option, and I don't see Drew Holiday as a number two either. They're both probably more of a number three. So it's interesting. Drew Holiday—they're going to be elite defensively. Don't get me wrong. Drew Holiday is easily, and many people say that that he is the best by the NBA players. They say he's the best. On ball defender in the league, yeah. Yeah. and when the NBA players are saying that, you know, you know that they know, his, they know he's legit. So mm-hmm. they're going to be legit defensively. I just don't know what you're going to get in the playoffs, is because in those games you're going to have to be able to score. You're going to have to score in the crunch time, as you guys have already mentioned. It'll be very interesting to see. Bogdanovich, he may not have been a closer, but he could at least be that number two option. He's not afraid of the moment that he because sh- he's been playing in Sacramento, he has to take those shots. So. He has his So I think that yeah, would have helped him in a, a lot of ways. And now Atlanta, Atlanta's got him, and I think Atlanta's yeah. honestly been the most improved team based off of. I love Atlanta. Atlanta's going to make the
2: playoffs in my opinion. That They're was my good. that was
0: my bull prediction earlier in the year too. I got Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I got Atlanta surprising to people.
1: I love them. And Does Indy fall out? Are they the odd one out this year? I can year? totally see that, man.
0: Who? The Pacers?
1: Indy. Indy. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised. I, I still um, know
0: what you're going to get from them on a consistent basis. They don't have a dude on that team.
1: Yeah, because I think Washington definitely makes it now, too. I just think I, Westbrook no, and Beal right. in the East –
0: how, what did you think of that John Wall-Russell Westbrook trade? Was it the right move? I think it wasn't the correct decision. I think you can't keep John
1: Wall. Yeah, I I like Wall. John Wall better than I like Russell Westbrook. It's the trade benefits of the Rockets. Of I think it benefits the Rockets, but I still think Westbrook is talented enough in the East where he's going to get him to the playoffs.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it helps that it's Scott Brooks, his former coach. Is yeah, good. Yeah, definitely. That's gonna. He can reel him in a little bit, even though Russell totally. likes to do it his way. He can reel him in through the past experiences and stuff. So that'll be interesting to see.
1: Yeah. But let's. Either way, I don't think they were getting out of the first round.
0: Yeah. All right. So let's go crazy as we're talking playoffs already. Give me a crazy early bold prediction for your finals picks. Give me a crazy. Give me your. Give me an way too early. It probably will not happen. But give me your way too early picks.
2: My way too early finals pick, um, honestly, I people could disagree with me on this one, but I like the Clippers out of the West. I really do like the Clippers. I think they improved, and I think they have a big chip on their shoulder. And the last time Kawhi had a chip on his shoulder, that was in Toronto. We saw what happened there. He refused to lose, man. And I think with that team, they I still think they are the best defensive team in the NBA. And adding Ibaka just made them that much better. Um, <clears throat> locking up Reggie Jackson, too, that's huge. Um, so I like them as they're definitely the best team in the West to match up defensively with the Lakers now. Throw Kawhi on LeBron. Ibaka can hold his own on Davis. I mean, I'm not – Davis is, in my opinion, the best player in the NBA. He's incredible. But David, um, Ibaka is one of the better options in the Western Conference to guard him. Um, so with that being said, I like the Clippers to come out of the West In the East, um, as much as I really want my Celtics to come out, I'm loving Brooklyn's talent. I mean, you have Kyrie and Kevin Durant and this all, this all hinges on if Kyrie doesn't have a mental breakdown at some point during the season, because that is totally possible. But with that talent, with that offensive talent, and I, I do feel like they're willing to work together. You put you pair around them uh, the championship pieces i mean you have a good defensive backcourt when you put in uh lavert and dinwiddie those are two defensive uh pieces in the backcourt you have a sharpshooter and joe harris um you have elite you i think i think jared uh, I, i'm sorry i didn't mean to say elite i think jared allen's a very good big man he's a very good defensive presence who will go and get rebounds uh don't need to ask much of him on the offensive end but he'll fit in there very nicely you have deandre george to come right in there and do the same thing off the bench so i love their depth not to mention the landry Shamit signing when i was talking about shooters when I mean, you got him he's a sniper so um yeah i'm loving the nets just because of their sheer talent depth i mean they cover all the bases you they can play deep they can score they can shoot they can grab boards. They can protect the rim. I mean, they can do it all. So I'm liking the nets to go to the finals, but I do see the Clippers taking down the nets in the finals because I don't see, I don't see uh, Kevin Durant facing a test like Kawhi Leonard until then. I think it's going to be a big wake up call. And um, I just think the Clippers have a good enough defensive backcourt um, to kind of harass Kyrie. I mean, I could totally see Patrick Beverly getting in his head and throwing his game off. Um, and, yeah, I, I, if if you want to give me, a, if you want me to give a pick, I'll take Clippers and seven.
1: All right. Yeah, I'm gonna go way more far fetched than that. From the West, I'm gonna bank on a huge step from Luka Doncic, and he's gonna win MVP, and the Mavericks are going to the finals with a healthy Porzingis, a MVP Luka Doncic. They added a defender and shooter to sit right next to him. Josh Richardson, Luke is going to play full-time point guard. Now they know what they're doing with him. I love the Mavericks to go to the finals and they're going to play another young team that I'm banking on to take a massive step. The Celtics, no Gordon Hayward Tatum and Brown Tatum's going to average 30 Brown's going to average 25. There's going to be way more shots for them. Kemba Walker, They're resting him at the beginning of the season to have him healthy in the playoffs. He wasn't healthy last postseason, and it showed. If he was anywhere close to healthy, they walked to the finals against Miami. They don't blow two 20-point leads in the first two games. Um, It's a completely different story. They addressed their needs in the offseason. They got Tristan Thompson to help out Dan Tice against the big guys in the East. They grabbed a veteran point guard off the bench, Jeff Teague. He's going to be a massive upgrade over Wanamaker. He can hit threes. Peyton Pritchard, another guy they drafted, he can hit threes. He doesn't turn the ball over. They drafted the best shooter in the draft, Aaron Neesmith. We've been missing a spot-up guy literally since Ray Allen, and now they have him. I think finally we have a real team around Tatum and Brown and not just a bunch of six eight people who can do a little bit of everything. We have specialists. We have rebounders. We have shooters, passers. I think the Celtics are gonna play the Mavs in the finals. And I'm a Celtics fan, so Celtics and six.
0: Wow, this is wild because I have two completely different teams than you guys. So we're gonna have six let's go. Teams let's go. Here. This is wild. So, all right, because we start in the West, we'll go with the West. Give me the Denver Nuggets. Ooh, I that. am sold. They showed me. That winning mentality coming back, that never die mentality coming back from three one down twice against Utah. They didn't even have Will Barton either,
2: too. They got him coming back.
0: Absolutely. I, Jamal Murray is an absolute dog at the end of games, and I think he's oh, finally yeah. showed up that he can beat. He's going to be an, a a decent player in the regular season, but he's going to be the go to guy in the postseason. He d- brings it up to a completely different level when he needs to. Nikola Jokic. Best center in the league, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. Not even close. I think it's not even close there. I think he's going to be able to be a completely different matchup problem. Supposedly he's got he's lost a little bit more weight, so he's going to be a little bit more leaner. So I think that's gonna he's gonna be a diabolical force down low now. And I am in love with Michael Porter Jr. I'm telling you, he's gonna have the biggest jump going into this season after what he did in the bubble. He's going to be oh, yeah. averaging at least 17 or 18 a game. He's going to he's gonna finally figure out how to defend a little bit. I know if foul trouble is his biggest uh, critique. If he can just stay out of foul trouble, he's going to be right there. So I love the Denver Nuggets. They've got all the depth in the world, too, because you're going to see – I think you're going to see the big, the, the big five lineup. I'm telling you. I'm gonna see, you're going to no. see a huge ball. Huge ball. You're going to see it like they showed off in the bubble. Five bigs. I'm all for that, too. You're going to have Jokic the ball up. Bull Bull on the outside. Michael <laughs> nice. Porter Jr. It's going to be nuts. No one's going to be under 6'10 on the court. It's going to be great. I love that, man. <laughs> I love that. I it
1: to
0: me. Who cares about
1: micro ball
0: when you have that?
1: <laughs> exactly. What are the Rockets going to say about that now? Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. So I love Denver. I think they're going to surprise some people. I think they're actually going to be the one seed in the West, being completely honest, because they're a team once you get into the mile high, it's brutal to get up to that altitude and play some games. So oh, I yeah, think that's yeah. going to be a huge advantage for them to get the one seed. And then out of the east, I'm riding with the Miami Heat, yo. I'm wow. riding back to back. I'm, I think they're Getting going back, back to back. Jimmy Butler is an absolute dog. He, in, he is what the Miami Heat envision a player to be. If you were trying yeah. to pick out a perfect Miami Heat player, it's Jimmy Butler. Yep. Yeah. He's got the grit. He has that Pat Riley toughness that he used to be as a coach and now as the GM. Eric Spolstra is still there. He can easily win you games just by calling plays alone. Okay. And that's a difference maker when you have a pedigree coach like <laughs> Eric Spolstra. Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson. You got absolute snipers all over the floor. I know Huggish. Warren Drogic is coming off of the injury. I think he's going to be fully healthy, though. And he's an absolute – and that that death lineup that they had in the bubble was ridiculous. And if yep. probably Drogic doesn't get hurt as well as Bam, that series goes seven instead of yeah. ending in six. And I think I, that could have been anybody's game in game seven. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I, think that's I wouldn't it have been surprised Miami by anyone. I know they didn't make any ma- major changes, but – why break something when it's not broken? And that's what that's the yep. Pat Riley mentality. So, give me the Miami Heat. I think they're going to, people are going to sleep on them again this year as they were slept on last year. And they can guard any all, one through five, all five of those guys can guard every position. So, oh, yeah. Give me Miami and the Denver Nuggets. If I'm making a pick, I'm taking Denver in six. Woo. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I like that. Too small for Jokic. Yeah, I,
0: lo- I love it. Right. Mm. I think because I think Murray and Jokic are going to win a championship. At, it, but that's they a will at some damage. point. They're going to win yeah. one, at least one together. So give it, get it done early. <laughs> yeah, get it over with. So what we got? We got Brooklyn. What Andrew? What do you have again? Brooklyn and the Clippers. I have Clippers six. over
2: Brooklyn. I have in Clippers seven. over Brooklyn.
0: In seven. In seven. Yep. Seven. You have – Mavs in six. Celtics over Mavs in six, and I've got Nuggets over the Heat in six. So there's three different possibilities here. Those are uh, way too early. So that means it's going to be the Lakers and probably the Sixers in the finals. If you're Yeah, right. <laughs> Lakers,
1: Sixers, Lakers, box. None yeah. of us are going to be right. Yeah, box
0: Lakers, or Sixers, Sixers, Lakers in the finals. So we'll all be wrong. It's fine. Yeah. So let's, so let's transition fun. now to uh, the college football playoff. That was just announced on Sunday. Here's your top four. You had Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Notre Dame. Texas A&M was the fifth team out. It was usually the, the debate was down to Notre Dame and Texas A&M after Notre Dame got absolutely smacked this past Saturday by the Clemson Tigers losing by 24. It's going to be Alabama versus Notre Dame. That line has already opened at 20 and a half. Right? Yeah. And that's I think they might win by 40. Yeah, Clemson's already opened up as over a touchdown favorite over Ohio State. I guys, what was your initial reaction? I'm a diehard Notre Dame fan, and I didn't think we deserved to be on the playoff. That's how bad we played on Saturday. I would have put AM in, even though Texas AM lost by 28 to Alabama already this year.
2: I mean, I just have a problem with Ohio State, to be honest with you. I mean, I just like I don't I don't think it's fair to Texas AM if Ohio state only played six games, I mean, like there's so, like, there could been so much, so many more uh, opportunities for them to lose. Like I just, ah, uh, I don't know. I just, that they are the better team, but it just doesn't really sit right with me uh, having Ohio state in there. But with that being said, I do think Clemson will take care of them. Uh, and I see it's, it's going to be a Clemson,
1: Alabama championship. It's gonna be a great. Great game. Yeah. I don't think Notre Dame is, Gonna even look like they're in the same league as Alabama. Yeah, it's gonna be bad. But it just it, the playoff committee got in a weird spot where it's a one-loss team and their only loss is to Clemson. So you kind of have to put them in there. But Alabama's just gonna run circles around them. I think um, it's not. It's gonna look like the national championship did back when Eddie Lacy um, was running all over Montana yeah. Teo. I think it's gonna look very similar to that one. And yeah, I think we know what our national championship is already. because oh, I don't man. think Ohio State is nearly as good as Clemson. Lawrence is going to, Lawrence going to shred. And yeah, I think it's an, e- my initial reactions is just, it's an immediate national championship. You don't even have to play the first two games. Uh, would have, would have liked to see them do something cool, like put A&M in there, just see what happens, See make it a different team. Like it's, it's these four teams every year pretty much, but Alabama-Clemson national championship, and that'll be a great game.
0: Yeah, they pretty much just put in the four blue bloods, the four teams that TV needed in the, in the yeah, playoff, right? Really, seriously, though, Texas a and doesn't have For the not, pedigree no. that Notre Dame, Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State have.
2: It right. Became,
0: it became a pedigree. Hey, do you want good television? You put those four teams in. Yeah. Even though it's that's how it turned out. I want to get your take, though. I felt like with 2020, with all the situations with COVID, teams were going to not play the same amount of games. That was going to be inevitable. Should this t- committee had gone to eight this year, just as the trial. Yes. Should have been the
2: eight game trial? This should be the 8 playoff trial this year, right? I, I think they should have done eight, or I think they should have done six teams with uh, the first two seeds getting a bye. I think they should have tried that. But uh, four, I, I've been saying since the beginning, four teams isn't, it's just too little. Um, eight teams might be too many. I love six. I love the six team playoff with the top two seeds getting a bye. I think that really, um, that
1: really helps you narrow down the best teams. Yeah. I would have loved to see eight this year. Like if any year, this is the year to do it. Cause you don't have to set anything in stone for the future. And if this is a weird year, there was guaranteed to have some parity happen. If you put in eight teams, one of the top four would have fallen. We would have seen a lower team advance to the next round. I think they missed a big opportunity to get some more teams in this national championship hunt.
0: Absolutely. And I feel like that would have, it would have silenced the debate of out of the group of five, you would have had Cincinnati would have gotten in. You yep. wouldn't have heard all the hate that's getting done by the AAC being said hey we're undefeated we got a championship if we beat because now you know cincinnati will go in they'll beat georgia and they'll claim the national championship again just like how you yep, did it exactly exactly because exact, they're not getting the amount of respect that they deserve i think Cincinnati's a lot better than people think yeah yeah so it's interesting to see i mean i agree i think i'm, I'm just as a notre dame fan i've got i'm hoping just keep it competitive for a half you couldn't even do that in the the first two times that we've had a chance to play for a championship so but i agree you might see two blowouts here on january 1st but all right so now we're going to transition after talking some college football we're going to give nfl here a little nfl taste your patriots have officially been eliminated Uh, from the playoffs you guys are boston guys this is the first year with Without Tom Brady and you don't make the playoffs, there comes the Tom Brady-Bill Belichick debate. Andrew, I know you had a little bit of a rant to go on about
2: your Patriots,
0: so take it away.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've always been a big Brady guy, and I think this year definitely proved that um, losing Brady was – like we, we had to do everything in our power to keep him because Cam Newton, I, he he's he was Horrible. All season long. Did he throw more than 10 touchdown passes? No, I think he finished with five. I mean, he, there's still two two games left, but he's not going to finish with more than 10 touchdown passes. He what he, I, I, he has no pocket presence, no awareness. Their defense is the only reason that they have some wins. They just have a great defense. That's what Bill does. He gets those guys to play. But, I mean – I'm just pissed off, man. We had, and even though we lost Brady, we had chances to sign other quarterbacks in the offseason. I would have way rather had like a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, who was a free agent and got scooped up by the Panthers. I think he would have worked out way better in this offense. I just think Cam Newton was not the answer, and we tried to force him to be the answer because Bill Belichick was too stubborn, and uh, it just didn't work. And I'm, it's clearly showing. It's Brady, went, Brady went down to Tampa Bay, and he's gonna take Tampa Bay to the playoffs for the first time, in who who knows how long. So. I'm a big Tom Brady guy and man, it just showed this year that,
1: uh, they needed him. Yeah. Um, I've always been on, if, if I ever had to pick a side, I would pick Brady's side. And this year, like I, I saw this coming last year. We had a terrible team, like besides Brady, the team was awful. The receivers led the league in drops. They were last in the league in separation on every single route. Um, And this year – and we still got 12 wins because Brady just figures out how to win with offenses like that. And you take him out and you put in a quarterback that before coming to the Patriots had lost his last 11 games. Like, this is what happens. Mm -hmm. And I I don't think Belichick is a bad coach by any means. I think he's the greatest coach ever. But this is just a horrendous football team. We had no cap room to do anything. Like, we couldn't pay – a quarterback, anything. That's why we had to give Cam Newton less than a million dollars. I'm curious to see next year. This season, we um, set ourselves up to have the most cap room in the league. I want to see what happens if we sign or draft a real quarterback, some real weapons. Like Jacoby Myers and Demir Bird are not one and two receivers. I don't know where Nikhil Harry's been. Spent on the damn milk carton. Um, it blows my mind that we drafted him over DK Metcalf and any Debo Samuel, any of the receivers taken below him, but it, it sucks. It's disappointing, but I saw this coming and I, I think it's time to actually get the quarterback of the future and stop trying to scrap for whatever it is we're scrapping for.
0: All right. I got a, here's a hypothetical. You two are the GMs of the new England Patriots going into the offseason. Who are you bringing in or who are you drafting immediately?
2: I mean, two quarterbacks. I really like, I mean, I could totally see us bringing in Matt Ryan. Um, maybe he's Boston college quarterback. His time in Atlanta seems to be coming to an end. Maybe we can do something to kind of jumpstart his career back again. Another guy I could totally see who has been a bridge quarterback. Most of his career is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, I'm a big fan of Fitzpatrick. I could totally <laughs> see us drafting a quarterback and uh, sitting him on the bench behind Fitzpatrick for a little bit, kind of like how the Dolphins did with Tua. But, um, yeah, maybe we could make a play on Mac Jones and uh, get Fitzpatrick and have Fitzpatrick play half the season and Mac Jones comes in. Maybe that will be the ideal situation. But uh, we have to move on from Cam Newton. There's no way.
1: If I'm the Pats GM, he is nowhere in, uh, in our future. I think um, I I like any of those options. I'm a big fan of the Matt Ryan option because Atlanta's stale. They need to figure something out and start fresh. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing the Pats make a play to move up and get Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. I think Trevor Lawrence is obviously locked into the Jags at number one. But I think um, Justin Fields, I think we can position ourselves with our first round pick maybe Stefan Gilmore, move into the top five, take Justin Fields with our cap room, get some weapons around him. Alan Robinson, Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz isn't going to have nearly as big of a price tag as he used to. Um, too much this year. He's going to buy low on him, I feel like. Get your next tight end. We haven't had a tight end that has done anything since Gronk, and it's looked really bad, and, it's part of the reason why we haven't been a great football team in the past couple of years because we have zero tight end production. And that was the most important position we had for the past 10 years. So I think hopefully Justin Fields, maybe Mac Jones in the draft, um, and then Alan Robinson, Zach Ertz on the offensive side of the ball, finally spend some money offensively and hopefully get back to the playoffs.
0: All right. I'm going to throw you guys a curveball. I want to get your reaction here. You guys are going to go get Matthew Stafford to play quarterback. Yeah. Detroit, Detroit's – him and Detroit are done. You can see it. He's had yeah. enough of losing. Matt Patricia mm-hmm. has ruined that team that was in the playoffs two out of the four years under Jim Caldwell. And then you're going to draft Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida. Ooh, That's I like it. that. Oh. Those are the first two moves. I'm, I'll, I'll call Bill right now. Bill, that's what we're doing,
1: all right? I wouldn't mind that at all. I would love that. Would that, would that. that
2: would be great. I would love to have Matt
1: Stafford, a pass first quarterback, the uh, Patriots. I'd love that. Yeah, Stafford would be awesome in New England. I think the fans would eat him up. They, <laughs> they would love him. And he'd be immediately become a fan favorite. He'd be slinging the ball. I think he'd figure out how to use Nikhil Harry because yeah, totally. Matt Stafford, who better to just. Slinging it up to big receivers—that's what he's been doing his whole career—and yeah, wow, I really like that move.
0: Yeah, so I—I think you got to get outside the box sometimes, gentlemen.
1: You got to get creative, you know. Yeah, yeah, I would not mind Matthew Stafford.
0: Yeah, so we, as we mentioned, the Patriots are eliminated. So we all know the favorites in these in the uh, in the NFL right now. It's Kansas City, Buffalo, Green Bay, and the Saints. You two, give me a dark horse team that is going to surprise some people and maybe make a run to be in the conference championship or potentially a Super Bowl.
2: Uh, I think the Titans, uh, that's definitely one of my dark horse teams. Derrick Henry, he's a running back who could take over a game. And in the playoffs, when it gets cold, you don't want to tackle that guy. He's going to be running right through people. And uh, if you get the ground game working in the playoffs and you open up the passing game – Titans already have one of the better play action offenses in the NFL. And with Derrick Henry, that play action is incredible. Just to fake it to him, throw to AJ Brown. Uh, we saw what they did in the playoffs last year. Mike Vrabel an incredible coach. And um, I could totally see them being a dark horse team. My other uh, dark horse team is uh, actually the LA Rams. I know they had a horrific loss to the Jets. Uh, I know, I know, I know, but um they helped them lose but, Trevor Lawrence, though, so the Rams did they, the, the Rams did everybody a favor. know they're keeping yeah. Trevor Lawrence out of the, the AFCE, so I'm fine with that. But, <laughs> um, but honestly, they have a really good defense. They can get pressure with four guys and allow their secondary to make plays. They have a great offense. I love Cooper Cup. I love Robert Woods. They have two solid tight ends in Everett and Hagby. And um, that running game, they have uh, three solid running backs. And to top it all off, I, I'm a big Sean McVay fan. I think he's able to figure things out. And um, I think in a playoff run, the NFC is fairly wide open this year. I mean, I think the Saints are beatable. I think the Packers are beatable. Um, so if I do the dark horse, t- like a true dark horse, it could be the Rams. And I don't want to discount the Patriots. I'm sorry, the Bucks. <laughs> I do that a lot. But uh, please don't count out Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady fever. You're okay. <laughs> Please don't count on Tom Brady in the playoffs with uh, those offensive weapons. Like I I would I would a lot of people would be surprised if he won the Super Bowl. I would be I would not be
1: shocked at all. Yeah, you um you took my NFC dark horse well with that. Mine was gonna be Tampa, but um for the same reasons in a wide open NFC. With, in my opinion, only two teams that can realistically get pressure with four on Tom Brady, that being the Rams and the Saints. He's not playing either of them in the first round, um, if things hold like they are. And I just think, like, they're scheduled to play Seattle in the first round. If things hold up, I don't think Seattle's defense can even come close. I think Brady would tear them apart. I think they'd kill green Bay again. Like green Bay was no, they showed no chance. Their defense isn't good enough yet to compete with Brady and those boys. And I don't think Aaron Rodgers is a great playoff quarterback. He gets killed every time he loses and in a wide open NFC, like it's still Tom Brady. And I know like he's had some struggles this year, but I mean, he still has over 30 touchdown passes. He has the best weapons he's ever had. And in a wide-open NFC with no clear favorite, especially with the favorite to beat them being the Saints, having already beat them twice. I don't see Brady losing three times to the same team in one season. I don't know. I just don't see it. Um, I would not be surprised if Brady and the Bucs went to the Super Bowl out of the NFC because I I just can't count him out yet until he stops playing. like that. I'm going to pick him to go to the Super Bowl every year until he retires. And then – in the AFC, my dark horse is Cleveland. No, I, I think Cleveland has a chance at winning the division because Pittsburgh plays um, Indy. They could lose that game, and Cleveland plays the Jets. Cleveland wins, Pittsburgh loses. Even if Pittsburgh wins, week 17 is for the division. And regardless of whether Cleveland wins the division or not, if they do, it'll just get them a higher seed. They can run the ball. They have the best running back duo in the NFL. Chubb's a top five running back. Hunt's top 15, maybe top 10. And without Odell, they just seem very, very comfortable. They know who they are. Baker's not forcing the ball. They're setting up the play action really well. to guys like Peoples-Jones, Rashad Higgins, Jarvis Landry's finally getting going, getting consistent, looking like he did in Miami. And just a team that can run the ball that limits turnovers, they're dangerous in the playoffs, and they can beat anyone. And I think the Browns, it's weird to say, but the Browns are a really dangerous playoff team.
0: I like I like all those picks so far, but I'm going to go for the AFC. I'm going to take the uh, other team that runs the ball considerably and doesn't turn the ball over, which is the Indianapolis Colts. Ooh, love I love that pick, love love man. Because... We all know what the issue is with the Indianapolis Colts. It'll be turnovers from Phillip Rivers. If you limit yeah, yeah. Phillip Rivers' turnovers, you're, they're going to have a chance to beat anybody because their defense is legit with the Forrest Buckner up front. You got some solid linebackers with Darius Leonard, and then you also have an absolute stud at running back in Jonathan Taylor. And oh, he's yeah. been – he, I mean, he won't win rookie of the year because they don't give it to a running back. He's gotta be right there in the conversation to be rookie of the year. He's good. He's been an absolute stud since uh, since the injury that happened to their starting running back before him as he was the backup. Out of the NFC, I'm gonna I'm going I'm gonna go out of left field because I'm not gonna I agree with the Bucs. I've been all on the Bucks this year. I think they could easily win the Super Bowl. But I'm gonna take a team that we haven't talked about yet. And it's gonna be the team is just in right now. It's the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, uh, and I don't see them as like a team that's going to make it to the Super Bowl. I would not be surprised if they're in the NFC Championship, though, because of how lethal their offense really is.
2: Yeah, and if Cliff,
0: if Kyler Murray makes sure that Cliff Kingsbury doesn't make any dumb decisions as a head coach, he, Kyler Murray just says, "Give me the ball. That's it. I'll throw it to D Hop every time. We'll mm-hmm. be fine." And Larry Fitzgerald still making circus catches like he showed off yep. on Sunday. Their that offense is legit enough to score with anybody. I know their defense is extremely suspect, but Patrick Peterson can still lock up half of the field. So he's still that good of a corner, especially in an NFC that's wide open. I do like potentially the Arizona Cardinals there. And I think people are really. I, I know I mentioned the Colts, but the Baltimore Ravens are going to get in because of how easy their schedule is. Yeah, they're a scary playoff team. And if they just let Lamar Jackson be Lamar Jackson, you don't make him a quarterback, you just let him be an athlete, They will be. he will be the best player on the field every time he touches the every time, unless he's going against Patrick Mahomes, but still. <laughs> so I love those three teams. I love Baltimore. Indianapolis has been my sleeper pick all year because I think they finally have figured it out. Frank Wright's been an absolute stud. And I think the Cardinals have actually showcased a lot more ability. I thought they were one year away, to be honest. But that offense is legit right now. So I like those. So now we're going to transition to our final segment of the day. It's called Lock It In. You guys already know it's usually my Friday segment, but because of Christmas, I will not be putting out a podcast. So it's going to be a really early spreads that we're going to be going, they're probably going to be completely changed by Sunday or Saturday. So you got to remember, there's going to be games Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in the NFL. And because college football is pretty much wrapped up, we're going to give you a little bit of a Christmas day special. We're going to do three NBA, we're going to get do some NBA Christmas games for Lock It In. So we're going to start off with the NBA and how this is going to work. I'm going to start and it's going to go to Justin, then to Andrew, and then we'll go back around, just do a little rotation here. All right. So for my first lock for our NBA Christmas holiday special, I've got the Brooklyn Nets minus one versus the Boston Celtics. I know you guys are Boston homers. I'm going way against the grain here. It is in Boston. Kevin Durant. I am telling you, Brooklyn's going to be legit. Kyrie's returning to Boston. He's going to want to show out. And I think that's going to be an interesting take there to see Brooklyn and Kevin Durant and There's going to be no James Harden. I know that for a fact. (laughs) So they're going to have all the depth still on their squad. So give me Brooklyn minus one. All right, Justin, you're up. What happened? Well, it seems like I've lost Justin and Andrew at the moment here. Let me try to get them back. We're going to pause real quick and we'll be coming back real shortly. Well, we got Justin and Andrew back. They're back. They had a little technical difficulties on their end. Justin, it's your turn to give your lock it in pick. Take it away.
1: All right, here we go. My first lock of the uh, NBA Christmas Day. I am loving Miami minus five against the Pelicans, uh, defending Eastern Conference champions. Um, They're an established team. They're good. Jimmy, Bam, like they're tough and, Pelicans, I think, are going to be really good this year. They're young, they're fun, they're going to surprise some people, they're high-flying, but they're not the heat. They're not in the same conversation yet. They're not finals contenders. And I think five points is, is not enough points to give this Miami team. Even if it's a close game, it'll come down to free throws at the end. Miami will inch away, win by more than five. Love Miami minus five.
2: Yeah, I'm going to jump on that, too. I love Miami minus five as well, Um, basically for everything Justin said. They're so deep. Um, At the end of the day, uh, New Orleans is no Miami. And then I also – I love the Clippers. I'm locking them against the uh, Nuggets. I think, that yeah, like you said, Blaine, they're very mad about what happened last year. Uh, And I think they got better, and I think uh, tonight – Christmas will be their night to show out.
0: Yeah, I also have – I love the Clippers as well. That spreads even at the moment. Give me the Clippers – Blown that 3-1 lead and it's going to be a little bit of a revenge game just like how kind of like tonight's going to be a little bit of a revenge game for the Clippers don't be they're going to be a lot of revenge games to start the year for the Clippers so I think the Clippers will show out
1: and show out so what do you got Justin uh, my second lock is Warriors plus eight against Milwaukee I know Milwaukee is going to come out they're going to be tough they're going to be really good they're going to be a dominant team but Steph is back and when Steph is healthy Warriors are a really good team. I know there's no play, but I expect a very big bounce back season from Draymond with a full season of Steph. I love James Wiseman, the fit he is there. I think they're a deep team too. All of all the guys that were starting and getting big minutes last year are just coming off the bench now. Eric Pascal, Damian Lee. Like they're they're a good team. They can shoot. Steph is back. I think eight points is. Too many points, and they're going to make this a close game. It's Christmas Day, Steph, Giannis. It has to be. What you got, Andrew? Uh, the third, third pick. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, my third pick. I got to go. Honestly, like um, I, I like the Dallas uh, minus six against the Lakers. Um, like Justin yeah. said, they're the um, they're his cha- uh, pick to come out of the West, and I'm. I mean, they're not mine, but I do. I. It's a possibility. And that team matching up with the Lakers, I think they can do it. I don't know if they're going to win the game, but they'll be able to keep it close. Yes, I don't see a team. High. I don't see a team with Luka Doncic uh, rolling up point guard losing by more than six points. Um yeah, that a-
0: was my final lock as well. Give me Porzingis and Luka on Christmas. I know LeBron will have like a forty-five point triple double, but it's all about containing AD. So if you contain AD, you can beat the Lakers. So I think they'll be able to do that relatively. That's my third and final lock.
1: Um yeah, I think I'm gonna grab that as my third and final lock too. I like if Mavs are a really good team, they're my finals pick for the West. And all right, there you go. So I, I got, everybody's got heavy on the Christmas Mavericks, Day.
0: so the Lakers will win by 20. All right.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> well, so those Absolutely. are our three Christmas Day picks. So let's transition to the NFL now, gentlemen. So same rotation will be me, then Justin, then Andrew. My first NFL lock. Give me the Cardinals, minus three and a half for San Francisco. They're going to be playing on Saturday. They're my dark horse ride with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. The Niners just lost to the Cowboys, and the Cowboys have been absolutely atrocious this year. So give me the Cardinals, three and a half.
1: Um, I like that one, and I'm going to grab Baltimore, minus 11 against the Giants. I think Baltimore is just cruising to the playoffs at this point. Daniel Jones might not play. We might see some more Colt McCoy. Giants are just going to keep falling out of this division race, keep giving it to Washington. And Baltimore is a team that they really beat down on teams worse than them. This Giants team, I don't think they're going to They're, they're going do anything to figure out this Lamar Jackson rushing attack. It's going to get really ugly, 11 points. They're totally going to win by more than two touchdowns.
2: Yeah, I got to agree with you, Blaine. Um, I'm loving the Cardinals in this one. Uh, Niners don't have anything to play for, really. The Cardinals do. I love their offense. They're super dynamic. And um, I don't—I just don't trust Dick Mullins.
0: Yeah, absolutely. San Francisco's been a mess. And speaking of, if Baltimore is going to blow out the Giants, then my lock's going to be perfect because I got Washington minus two and a half versus the Panthers, which will give Washington the division. Wow. And uh, with – a, and they'll end up probably finishing seven and nine because then once they clinch on su- Sunday, they won't have to play anybody the next week and they'll be seven and yep. nine. But give me Washington, that front seven, a front four, even, they got six guys on that front four that are first round players that could absolutely dominate a game. Chase Young was just named to the Pro Bowl. I mean, Washington, that defense is legit. That offense is very suspect, but. That defense will probably even get a defensive touchdown. So give me Washington two and a half.
1: Yeah, I'm going to roll with defense in my second lock, too. I'm picking Chicago minus seven and a half against the Jags. Um, Bears have looked really good the past couple weeks. They're finally getting it together. Mitch is playing really well. Their defense is playing well. And they're fighting for the playoffs. And the Jags know what they're doing. They really want the number one pick. They have it now. And they know how to lose. They haven't won a game since week one. They know how to tank. And they're doing it really well. And they're going to lose this game really convincingly to a team that needs the win to hopefully get into the playoffs.
2: Yeah, my second lock. I'm actually going to go Kansas City minus 11 against the Falcons. Um Falcons' defense is going to do nothing to stop that Chiefs offense, man. It's going to be bad. And uh, I just don't see the Chiefs coming with an 11 here. um, I'm sorry, I don't see the Falcons coming with an 11 here. The Chiefs are just a way better football team, and it's going to show.
0: Yeah, I like that, those two a lot. And then my final one is going to be the L.A. Chargers minus two and a half versus the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos just got absolutely smacked this past Saturday by the Buffalo Bills. The L.A. Chargers are actually coming off of a late game win. Anthony Lynn did not cost, cost them a game yeah. down the stretch for once. And Justin Herbert's going to be clearly the rookie of the year this year. He has been mm-hmm. the biggest surprise, definitely, out of all the rookies, especially when people didn't think he was going to play behind Tyrod Taylor. And then the whole Tyrod Taylor situation ensued. And he has taken the reins of that team, and he's going to be the next, the future of the Chargers. That offense will score all over Denver – Give me a field goal. Easy. Two and a half. Thank you. Chargers lock.
1: Yeah, my next lock. I'm going to go with Cleveland minus nine and a half against the Jets. Um, Jets got their one win last week. That's it. That's all they're going to get. They're going to try to lose by so much this week that the win last week goes away. Cleveland fighting for the division. Like I said, they're going to run all over the Jets. It's not going to be close. And the fact that this isn't even double digits. It's ridiculous. Like yeah. they're gonna kill.
2: Yeah, i gonna have to agree with you, Justin. Um, I like the Browns in this one. Their ground attack is gonna really um, pound the Jets. I uh, I think that defense is gonna be way too much for Sam Darnold. I mean, that that's a sick, nasty defense, and I don't think the Jets are gonna be able to come. Not yeah, it. and the Jets, have
0: honestly. The Jaguars may have tanked, but in, the, in our lock, and they've actually won the, the season now. And the Trevor Lawrence sweep takes, and the Jets were hoping to lose every game and then end up winning last week. So, very, yeah. very unique in how we're taking them to both get blown out this week because now they're all going to try and just lose handsomely, hoping that the other team will win. Um, but, Justin, Andrew, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day today. That was Come awesome, on, final man. whistle. It was much appreciated. Go check them out on Ride the Couch at Tied Up Entertainment. Uh, you guys, if you
2: guys want to say any final thoughts, take it away. Yeah, I mean, it was, this was awesome. Uh, got to talk about
1: a lot. Um, looking forward to possibly doing this again. Yeah, thanks for having us. This was awesome. Love being on the final whistle. Yeah, uh, We'll definitely do some more things together in the future. Absolutely. Most definitely, guys. Well, reminder, everybody, there will be
0: no Friday episode coming out because of the holidays. So enjoy your Christmas. Enjoy your Kwanzaa. Have a happy holidays. Come. We'll see me again next week. I'll have another guest on next Tuesday. Go check it out. Final whistle. Have a great day,
1: everyone. Enjoy your
0: week.